Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, so I'm trying to get comfortable with this new setting. Um, This is crazy, like this whole new vibe. Okay, so we're back, okay? Um, We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, Of course, I have something to say because (laughs) in the last episode, I really did make it seem like I was going to try to be... Uh, releasing episodes every two weeks and um that was my intention wholeheartedly and life in a good way has been lifing so I've been making a lot of changes in my life um personally so I had to get those changes going that took a lot of brain space and uh shooting the podcast and talking about different things was not top of mind topics were not coming to me Um, But now that I am settled, I am ready to start talking about things again. We we need to talk. Um, Let me let me get comfortable. I feel like I'm like I'm trying to like, I don't know, sit the right way in this setup. If you can see the the visuals for this episode. But um, yeah, I just I just had to get settled. But I am now. So here goes another episode. I'm not gonna make any promises about how often I'm going to record episodes. I do know that I have one coming up for you all um, that I should be able to uh, uh, release in the next two weeks. I'm, to be quite honest with you, I'm brainstorming some more topics um, that I wanna talk about. And this was one of the topics that um, has come up for me um, in some of the work that I've been doing with folks with clients um, because you know the second generation immigrant population is my clientele that's who I enjoy working with Um, and then I have another topic that I've been asked about before that I want to talk about so yeah I'm working on topics but I think this is going to be a good one so let's get right into it okay today's episode we're going to talk about the guilt of being the cycle breaker in a second generation immigrant household oh baby okay that's listen we're gonna talk about it okay um because i think that um so let, let, let me let me let me really break it down all right so i i first generation immigrants are cycle breakers and I, and I think that they break cycles unintentionally, right? So them deciding to um, move to another country or maybe not even deciding, feeling like they have no choice, right? Or they were pushed up, whatever it may be, 
to come to another country to live a, a new life, um, I, I, I think for the most part, they don't understand the cycle that is being broken just by doing that, right? Just by not being the child or the family member that stayed in one place, um, that lived in one, one particular type of condition, that um, stayed in a particular cycle of living, whether it's like living poorly or making poor choices or not being educated to a certain level, not having access to certain things, all of those things, right? Whether they, you know, they didn't do that. If they didn't do that, they didn't, if they didn't fall into that particular norm, for their country, their space, their family, they're breaking a cycle, right? Um, the fact that they're just simply not living in the same physical space as people before them and moving into a new space, they're breaking a cycle, right? So, um, yeah, I don't think people understand how uh, real it is to do that and i don't think first generation immigrants they didn't have the words right to say that yeah i'm breaking the cycle and again i don't think they had the thought process that this is going to break a cycle maybe they thought about like okay it's going to change my life hopefully it'll change my future children's life it'll change my family's life but breaking an actual cycle of living cycles that generations before them have dealt with that is a big big idea and i think that now as second generation immigrants we are delving into the idea and understanding what it means to be a cycle breaker because a lot of us are the cycle breakers right like a lot of second generation immigrants what they're doing it usually doesn't look like what their parents did in a multitude of ways. I'm sure that there may have been some guilt with um, first generation immigrants when they left their family, came to this country to do something new, right? Something different. I'm sure there was some guilt, right? Because it's difficult to to seek better for yourself and then see the people that you left behind, right? If they're still suffering or if they just, you know, don't have it like you do or they they are they don't have the access to the opportunities that you have or will have by making this move. So I'm sure there's some guilt there, right? But I think that for first generation immigrants, um you know, they are pushed to go to America or uh, the UK and go to another country and it's a great thing. Like at the end of the day, like it's a great thing if you leave our home country and go somewhere else, like you're, you're set, like you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be good. I can't speak for them specifically, right? Because I'm not my mother, I don't know what her mother said to her um but i can go based off of what my 
um, immediate uh, circle of uh, family members think about the immigration process to America and and the the basically you know the how America is just the land of dreams right the land of opportunity the land of you can do everything and there's so much positivity around leaving your home country and coming to America and you know from my personal experience and also from um, other immigrant experiences that um, I know of people personally and people that I deal with as clients you know that that's what their parent has been you know they've been sold the dream like coming to America and your life is going to be better than it ever was right so I think for the most part like I said like that is a positive um cycle breaking experience or it's understood that this is for the good if that makes sense like you're doing this this is for the good versus I think second generation immigrants we deal with cycle breaking cycles that are not seen as positive things especially if it doesn't fit fit within the culture right so let's say for example leaving home right leaving home as someone who is single unmarried you know no kids you you want to leave your parents home even though in a lot of immigrant cultures especially if you're a woman you don't leave your parents home until you get married if you're not married you have no reason to leave leave home you have to stay there right so um in a culture american culture where there is a level of independence that is expected usually at age 18 when you become a full-grown adult um legally um you 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 leave home that's the expectation right um but for immigrant culture it's, it's when you're married um and basically there's no in between <laughs> right so maybe you don't leave home at 18. I for sure did not leave home at 18. Um, and I don't know a lot of immigrant children that left home at 18 unless they had like a dire, dire situation or they really rebelled or, you know, like they like they basically had to do it. Um, I don't know many that did, right? Um, so, yeah. The American culture says leave at 18 and then the immigrant culture says not until you're married. But where is that in between, right? Where is that in between? Especially now in our year 2023 where um, people are not getting married as young as they used to, right? So maybe... Mm, 30 to 40 years ago, um, it, it, it wasn't too bad to leave when you got married because you got married at 22, 23, 24, 25 at the latest, right? 
So it's like, okay, cool. You know, you, you graduate college and then you find your boo and you, you get married and you leave your house. Today, we live in a day and age where the marriage age is moving on up, creeping on up, okay? People are getting married in their late 20s, in their early 30s, in their late 30s, in their early 40s. <laughs> like, it's not a 20-year-old's game anymore. That's Marriage is not a 20-year-old's game anymore. So what does that mean for a person who is a full-grown adult who is living, working, paying their own bills, doing a lot of full-grown adult things, but is expected to live at home? Awkward. Awkward silence. <laughs> because it's like, that is... Um, I think that's unexpected for a lot of immigrant parents, but they have not yet understood how to adapt to it. Like they just, they still see themselves in, within their culture, within their country, that this is how it works. It doesn't matter if we're in a different culture, culture, it doesn't matter if the times have changed, this is what it is. But I think that second-generation immigrants can see that there is a change, there is a shift. And maybe not like that, they're able to pinpoint it that point blank, you know, and see that. But as a clinician, I see that. I see the shift. Um, you know, studies show that. Um, and I understand the, the dynamic of um, our society. Um, so I could see it from a sociological lens. Um, and I don't think that within our spaces and our, uh, the, 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 the mediums that we're in, we, we can, you know, actually see the shift that's happening. So yeah, you get stuck in a place where there's no middle ground. You keep, you don't leave at 18, but you could be 50 and you're still living at home with your parents. And, and, and honestly, truly, honestly, truly, I think that so many immigrant parents are so stuck in that culture that they don't even realize what they're telling their kid. You know, like, because again, some people are not getting married till they're close to 50, which... I don't think, again, they're understanding that shift and they're telling their child, if you're 50 years old, you should still be here. At 50 years old, you should still be here. Um, <laughs> so it's like, I struggle with, with immigrant parents who cannot see that shift. And I think that finding the medium is what needs to happen, right? And um, I think what is happening now, though, I think what's happening now is um, children of immigrants are realizing that, hey, I don't know when I'm gonna get married. Like, I can't, I can't like pinpoint it, right? Because I'm not, I'm not getting into an arranged marriage like you know some immigrant backgrounds or. I'm not getting married to so-and-so's neighbor who lives down the street that, you know, my mom knows or my grandmother knows. Like, 
there's no like specific like wait for me to know when I will get married. However, I can tell that I have reached into a stage of adult adulthood that I reach into a stage of adulthood that is no longer what it looks like um when I was 18 or even 20, right? So if you're in your 30s or early 40s, it's definitely not the same as if you were when you were 21. So what does that mean for me and setting myself up for my future? Just thinking about setting yourself up, right? Going back to what our parents did, right? What first generation parents did um, to make sure that they had a life that was good for themselves and good for their future children was accepted as this is what you do and it's a good thing that you're doing it. Um, but independence in while living in America or living on in, you know in the West is not seen as a good thing independence in any way shape or form is not seen as a good thing um whereas if you really take a good look at what it means to um have this sense of independence and feel sure of yourself and make decisions and know what you want it's a great thing it can be a great thing um, especially if you are thinking about what that looks like for your future, which I think that's what's important, um, for second generation immigrants to think about when thinking about making choices and why they make choices and, 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 and their intent about around the choices so what I'm about to say may seem like I, I'm like not in touch maybe I don't know but I think that because a lot of times uh second generation immigrants can be placed in this situation where it's like you're forced to do one thing and you just want to rebel and break free from what you're forced to do like you want to just do what you're told to not do because it's so constricting the expectations and the thoughts and it's like okay I gotta get out whether that's moving out or you know uh disconnecting with family completely but you just do what you need to do to just push out of these expectations that may be like killing you just just killing you okay but what i want i want um before we get into if you have guilt if you haven't uh taken that step to be a cycle breaker yet in certain ways um i want you to think about the intent of the things that you are choosing to do okay um, moving out, that's an example. Let's talk about something mental health wise. Let's say you want to go to therapy, right? 
And as we know, in black and brown communities, in immigrant communities, going to therapy is like, what do you, what do you mean you're going to therapy? What are you going to therapy for? Like, who... Who are you going to talk to about our business, right? Our business or whatever's going on, right? What is it that I'm going to get out of therapy? And I think, you know, of course, when we think about therapy, we think about like, it's like, it makes sense. Okay, yeah, therapy's good. Therapy's great, right? Of course it is. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a mental health provider, so therapy all day. I'm going to boost it up. I, but I, I want I want the intentionality about it, the intention the intentionality about therapy to be really thought about before even doing it, because there probably will be a guilt that comes from it, especially if um, you've told somebody about it or you are telling deep things that um, go against like what you like are supposed to think and feel and you're just saying it out loud. I'm telling you, just saying it out loud to someone can bring up this guilt. So before even going into that, think about what is it that I want to get out of this? I'm going to therapy for what reason? Do I want to make sure that I um, unpack all of these um, ideas and beliefs that were given to me, told for me to follow without really any like choice? Do I want to unpack that? Because there may be things in, in that that um, I had to take on that I didn't want to take on. So what does that mean? Do I really want to deep dive into my culture and pick out for me what works in my life today and what doesn't work in my life today? Do I want to do that? Um, do I want to set myself up to have conversations with the people around me so that I can have better relationships? Do I want to uh learn more about myself and how to be a better person for future generations so maybe you know my kids uh you know my nieces my nephew what in, what what do I want to get out of it because i think when you really really um feel a uh sense of purpose in the things that you do yes you may feel guilt and yes also you can always go back to that purpose um because these two things can live in the same space right two feelings and emotions that can be contradictory um can live in the same space so you can feel that guilt of doing something that is abnormal and what shouldn't be done or what you've been told is wrong and still feel a sense of I'm okay I'm in my purpose I'm doing something that is um, empowering I'm doing something that will change me and my future um, I'm doing something that will change me 
and my surroundings. I'm doing something that will change my state of mind, right? So if you feel like um, peace and just a grounding about that, I think it it it, um, it helps combat the level of guilt. So doing that, first of all, is like step one before even trying to like really unpack what to do with that guilt before you make that decision before you decide i'm going to move out of my parents house really think about what you're setting yourself up to do when you make this decision because again i think it can be like a oh yeah it makes sense like i'm this age so i'm gonna move out my parents house right like especially again if you're like not 18 anymore and you're like a good 30 years old you're like yeah that makes sense okay yeah on the surface it makes sense and what is your purpose like what is it that you're going to do outside of your parents house that's going to change the the trajectory of your life moving forward right like what are you going to get from that experience and that level of independence that's going to set yourself up for you know x amount of years think about it like think about all the things that you want to do um and that may be literally creating a list what are the things that i want to do when i move out on my own and you know Will it be easier to accomplish these things if I'm out on my own? Because that may be literally what it is. If I move out of this physical space, I will get to do this, 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 and this. Like, these are the things that will come from here. Write it out. Think about that. Because sometimes it is just what you need. You need to have a different physical environment to be able to achieve certain goals and i mean let's be real there are certain environments that you're in when you are in close proximity to parents or other extended family members that can be stressful like stressful um and if that stress is impacting you on a daily basis and preventing you from having the motivation or, you know, um, being consistent, whatever it may be, like whatever goal it may be, then yeah, it literally may be best for you to step out of this space. And I say that because every, like, every immigrant household is different. Yes, there's a similar foundation in terms of like how um, immigrant you know, parents do their thing and how they think about things. But overall, but but still, like, if you just hone in a little bit more and, like, have your lenses lens in a little bit more, every household runs a little bit differently. So for some people, there are things that they can deal with and they can handle. Um, and for some people, it just is not, it, it's just not fruitful. It's not going to um, bring about fruit you know? Um, so yeah, create a list of what you want for yourself spiritually. What do you want for yourself, um, 
financially? What do you want for yourself um, uh, for your physical health? What do you want for your mental health? All those things, write them down and figure out, okay, will it be better for me to accomplish those these things that I want outside of this household? And if so, okay, right? So yeah, being intentional about the, the, the moves that we make that are apart from cultural norms because we know that there will be backlash, right? There, there will be like, you're shaking the table <laughs> by doing this, right? So it's kind of like, it's like the meeting between reality and idealism, right? Like ideally I could do this, this, and this, and this, and all that, and whatever. Um, and then realistically it could be like, okay, if I do this, like it's, you know, like it's, it's just coming to terms with, yes, there will be, uh, something that comes from me doing this. So for that reason, let me make sure that wh what I'm doing is really worth the risk, basically. Assessing the risk <laughs> of making a particular choice is basically what, I, what I'm saying. So if you have assessed the risk and you feel like it's worth it, now let me talk to you if, you already, if you're already within this situation, like already have, have, have taken this leap, right? And are just like man, this guilt is heavy, right? Because I've done something that my parents didn't expect me to do, my siblings didn't expect me to do, my cousins, my uncles didn't expect me to do. And the guilt is heavy because they saw me this way, they expected me to fall in line that way, and I didn't do it. That guilt is heavy, okay? That guilt can really make you feel like you're doing something wrong <laughs> like will make you feel like you have literally told your family i hate you you have like disowned them is what that guilt will make you feel do what you need to do to unpack the guilt so why you feel it right and it can be it, it might be more deep-rooted than you think you know, like why why do you feel that guilt? Unpack it. Like what what is making it so heavy for you? Right? And then figure out like what do you need to do in your environment to make sure that uh people's guilt don't become people don't project their guilt onto you and you carry that guilt. Okay, because it's one thing to have your own personal guilt and to unpack that, but it's also another thing to have someone project their guilt um, onto you, um, whether it's somebody else who's made a decision that they felt bad about or they tried to make you feel bad because you made that decision. Like, what does that look like? Okay. Like, are these people that you want to be around on a consistent basis? Are these people that you want to have these type of conversations with about, you know, what you're doing? Because 
they may be the ones that are making you feel guilt about something that shouldn't be felt guilt about. You know what I mean? Like, if you have someone constantly telling you or questioning what you did and why you did it, then, of course, you're going to, like, have moments where you're just thinking about it. Like, oh, why? What? What? Why? Even after you already got your list and you got, you know, you've, you've figured out why it makes sense for you. So that's why I said that list and that that belief in that purpose is so important. Because if you don't believe in that, then any little thing somebody says to you and uh, how they make you feel is just going to just tear you down and just, you know, affect your whole mood. <laughs> and not just for a moment, for an extended period of time. And you don't you don't want that. Like, you don't want to deal with like heavy negative feelings that just control your day-to-day so yeah thinking about the people who are singing things and projecting that guilt what kind of space they have in your life and and how do you do you manage that you know physical space talking space texting space how do you manage that so that you don't have to carry on other people's beliefs. Um, and then, you know, I've talked about this before. I really, really think it's important to figure out what your um, identity in the cultural space looks like. Because... Because it doesn't, it doesn't just look one way. It doesn't have to look one way. You don't have to present as um, Haitian American one way. Okay, you don't have to present as Antiguan American one way. Like you, it just, it, it, it can look so many different ways. Think about that for you. What does it look like for you? How do you want that to look like for your future? for your children if you have them or you want to have them because that's how you get to think about the steps that you're taking now because you think about what ultimately it's going to look like for you in the the future and that's part of your purpose too you know like but just just think about like what what does this look like for me and how can I really be um secure in that secure in that and ultimately, have more conversations. Because I think <laughs> a lot of us are struggling in silence. Um, even within our own homes, like with siblings. Siblings are not talking about it. Um, outside the home, cousins are not talking about it. Like, we're not having these conversations. So that everybody is making these decisions, trying to do these things on their own dealing with guilt on their own and not knowing that there's somebody who's dealing with the same thing. And that's also, you know, part of a cycle that needs to be broken is to have conversations about stuff because there's no way you're dealing with it on your own. If you are a second generation immigrant, like there's so much that other second generation immigrants are dealing with. And we're all on these little islands by ourselves trying to deal with this stuff. And we can just, like, talk about it in community. 
So yeah, that community matters. So yeah, those are my thoughts on, you know, uh, just the, the processing of guilt of, you know, doing things that are breaking cycles. Um, because second generation immigrants were constantly breaking cycles and it's not easy. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard to not just fall in line with what you've seen done. It's so hard or what you're told to do. It's so hard, but when you know better, you do better. I, I thoroughly believe in that. Like if you know, and you just don't act off of the new information that you know, it's like, what's the point of having, you know, this brain right here? Like, what, what, what what's the point? <laughs> like, it's like, there's so much knowledge out there. And the more you learn, the more you can apply it. And it's, again, it's hard. But um, I think there is so much power in being able to do that and following through and um, really achieving the purpose that you have for yourself, but breaking a generational cycle that will have a ripple effect for generations of people to come. So thank you all so much for rocking with me for this episode. I do have more episodes to come. Like I said, I'm conjuring up some content, you know what I'm saying? So if you like this um, episode, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel where you'll see the video version of this. Um, and comment in the comment section of that YouTube channel so we can continue this conversation. Again, thank you so much for listening, watching, tuning in. I'll see you all at the next one. Bye. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gained from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.